It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. When they first started dating in 2011, movie producer and minister Devon Franklin and actress Megan Good seemed an unlikely match. She was the beautiful actress often photographed on the celebrity party scene. He's the straight-laced studio executive and ordained minister committed to making movies with an inspirational message. Devon had also been practicing celibacy for nearly a decade. Megan says she was ready to embrace her newfound faith and commit to a higher vision of love. Together, they wrote the New York Times bestselling book, The Weight, a set of principles they believe will bring clarity to the search for a spiritual partnership. Devon and Megan believe that the greatest mystery is this. We can never know how long it will take for God's plan to unfold. For Devon and Megan, that waiting period was a miraculous opportunity for deeply personal reflection and transformation. Well, I remember when you all were going to appear on CBS This Morning with Gail, and Gail was here for the weekend, and she was reading the book cover to cover, and she brought the book to breakfast, and she had the book at the dinner. I go, what is in the book? (laughs) And shortly after, you were on the New York Times as a bestseller. And I got to say, I never imagined this being a New York Times bestseller. In 2016, a couple writing a book about the wait, waiting to have sex until you actually get married, resonating with a public to the point of being a bestseller. Because I couldn't imagine people saying, oh, a book about waiting, let me go get that, right, you know? Right, right. But yes. in a culture where there's so many messages on the opposite side, yes. a message like this cuts through. Well, it's interesting because the last time you and I had a conversation on Super Soul Sunday, we were talking about produced by faith. And now you say, actually, faith. That same faith you've been talking about for years and preaching about led you to Megan and this relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, 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 it is. It's true. <laughs> it is true. This is, this is faith in action, for real. Yeah. You know, and years of believing and, you know, wanting the right person and wanting the right mate and wanting the right partner and not settling. And I just said, you know what? God has not brought me the right person. And I have to have faith and wait uh, and have, you know, delayed gratification to get the right person. And certainly he delivered well beyond. And so... You were in a place, I won't say the dark night of the soul, but you were in a place of 
you know, bad relationships and it mm-hmm. reached a point where you actually had had, I don't know, was it a vision or a spark yeah. or a thought or that you it were, was... ga- were going to marry Devon? Yeah, yeah. I'm it, like, it was Jesus actually, really? it's, it's interesting how it happened because, you know, I was just coming out of a relationship that I'd been in for almost four years and it wasn't, the person wasn't bad. The person just wasn't good for me and I wasn't good for them. You know, I kind of was playing house and playing wife, but I wasn't his wife. And um, over time, I began. And it wasn't yours. You it wasn't mine. Reason. I was in his space. Mm-hmm. You know, it was his room. It was his rules. It was his, you know, living room. It was his living room rules. His friends come over. And after a while, I started to act out and started to be um, kind of just like self-destructive, where you just, you know, you're acting up because you're frustrated and you're upset and you believe that you're, you know, not getting what you're putting into the relationship, in essence. And so when Devon and I reconnected on Jumping the Broom, I remember thinking like, wow, that's the kind of guy I wish I could marry. He's so amazing. And I was looking at her like, that's Megan Good. She is talent, like superstar, like not even out of my league, not a chance. And I was thinking that he was out of my league just because of how amazing he was. Really? And I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? And I just felt God telling me, like, it's time for you to get out of this relationship. It's time for you to focus on me. And so I did that. I started to focus on God. And, and in that time, as how I prayed How does God more say more, that? Does he say, Megan, you must get no, out of the relationship? Well, you know yeah. what's weird? How does it come to you? When, yes. he, when he told me that Devon was my husband, it sounded like that. It really? sounded like... Devon's your husband. Where was, was that? How? What was going on? I was just praying. I was just on my knees praying, and I was just in... I Were you praying a, for a husband? No. I was praying for help. I was praying for um, growth. I was praying for healing. I was praying for maturity. I just felt him saying, just focus on you. So I spent the next nine months just focusing on me and really, you know, really finding myself because even at that time, I still hadn't decided to be celibate right away. I was still making mistakes, like not in terms of sex being a mistake, but I was making mistakes in terms of putting myself in a bad position where I wasn't happy with the results that Mm -hmm. I was getting in my life. In relationships? In relationships, just emotionally, which in the relationship part of it, bled over into every single other area of my life. Absolutely. So it wasn't until a few months down the line where I decided to become celibate. I started telling friends and family that he was my husband. Everyone's like, and you sound crazy. No, we had not started dating. <laughs> we I had didn't not started dating. You didn't all. know any of it. None of it. So you manifested this. Yeah. 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 But everything was like confirmation. You called it. It in. was hearing she it. Sure did. So then I started speaking it. So then I started, you know, shamelessly telling it. And then uh, eventually people started coming up to me and saying stuff. You did, know? Didn't a friend of yours come to you and say, well, you know, He's been celibate for 10 years. Oh, yeah. It was yes. funny because yeah. I was like, I was at her house and I was like, so this is really crazy. I was like, but God told me that Devon's my husband. And she's like, okay. She's like, okay. She's like, um, you know he's a minister, right? And I was like, no, I didn't know that. And that would have scared me away, but I know what God told me, so I'm okay with that. And then she's like, and you know that he's celibate, right? And I was like, well, I just became celibate too. She's like, no, girl, he's like for real celibate. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, so am I. <laughs> for real. He's for real celibate. Yeah. Well, you, you were for play celibate? I was, I was for new celibate. New, new, new and still, still making mistakes celibate before I got it right. And it, and it was just before him and I got together. So you had made the decision years before to yeah. become celibate. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, if you must ask. <laughs> Why? Um, I was raised in the church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from very early age, I was always taught, you know, well, wait, you got to wait until marriage. And so I definitely subscribed to that. But when I got into high school, you know, I didn't wait. 
but I was still telling people that I was waiting because I didn't have enough courage to let people know that I made a different choice in my life. And it got to the point where because I was in the church and I was also speaking, I started preaching when I was 15. Yeah. So I was teaching people on how to live, but I felt like I was doing that publicly, but privately I was doing something different. Got it. And the public person and the private person were at war. And for me, I had no peace. You weren't walking the talk. No, I wasn't. Because I'm like saying, yeah, do that. But I go home and I'm doing something totally different. And so it got to the point when I graduated USC, I was a year out of school. I was in a relationship and I said, God, I don't have enough strength to get out of this. But if you get me out of this relationship, then I am going to practice the weight because I need to align my public self with my personal self so I can have peace. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike. And that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. So you say right on the page one, before we even get into book, is to wait is to delay the temptation for instant gratification in relationships in order to get what you really want in life and become the person you want to be. Mm -hmm. So you believe that waiting, meaning not having sex, we're really clear, it means not having sex. Until marriage until you get married, helps God to reveal things that you would have missed. Oh, yeah. How so? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because when we got together, we both knew that we were going to wait. And what we learned in the process was because we weren't being intimate in that way, we were able to really see each other for who we are. We were able to really spend our time getting connected emotionally, spiritually, being able to assess, can I spend a lifetime with you? If the sex goes up and down at certain times in our marriage, do I love you enough? Do I respect you enough? Do we want the same things out of life? Can we really be joined that way? And so what I realized in the past was most of the relationships that I went into, because it started off sexually, I didn't have the clarity or the discernment to see who the person was. Because the sex clouds mm -hmm. everything. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Because the, the sex is good, so you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's my boo. I need to be near him. And you become um, physically dependent upon that person. You make excuses. Yeah. You're okay with stuff you wouldn't be okay with right. long term. You know, it's, it's the stuff that I feel like a lot of times relationships last, you know, two to four years. It's because it's taken us that amount 
amount of time to figure out that we may not even like this person at all right, as right. a human being, you know? Yeah. Or we may, but they just may not be right for us. And we or they're compromise. showing you over and over and over, but yeah. then the sex gets you in the way and you, you can't, can't see, see it. it. So you say that this is not just about sex, but it does begin with sex. Yes. Mm -hmm. Explain that. Well, because waiting, we believe that when you practice delayed gratification, it helps you in every area of your life. Especially, like, think about career. You know, there are things that you want out of your career. There are things that you really want to be and who, where you want to go. But if you say, hey, I got to have it now, a lot of times you make the wrong decision. Correct. When you practice instant gratification. And so the wait, specifically in this area of let me, let me do the hardest thing, which yeah. is to delay <laughs> temptation yeah. to have sex. Yeah. Because if I can do that, then I will really unlock the power of patience, which will then permeate every other area of my life. And you talk about something here that's so fantastic. I think you call it um, God's timetable. Yes. Mm -hmm. which, is, which is really, everybody has their own idea about when anything is yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. But God has his own timetable for you. That's right. And, and this is the crazy thing. God created us. And he gave us the desire to want what we want. And he also knows when it's ready to come to the world right. and when people will be ready to receive it. Amen. But we want to rush. And we want it now. And we want it when we want it. Mm -hmm. And many times that works against his divine timetable mm -hmm. in a way that can be destructive to not only who we are, but also the people we come in contact with. Yeah. Powerful. You write here, I love this book passage. This is on page 146. The man who recklessly gives himself over to his sex drive denies and distances himself from his divine nature. Preach, will you? <laughs> he courts chaos, drama, legal troubles, illegitimate children, everything this side of the plagues that Moses warned Pharaoh about in Exodus. Worst of all, he becomes manipulative and callous, willing to do or say anything to get a woman in bed. Wow. Can we get amen to that? <laughs> and you say the solution is for men to allow themselves to be vulnerable. I mean, I mean, that is just such a mouthful. I mean, that, I mean, when I first read that passage, I just thought about all the women who mm. have been recklessly used and bought into it and manipulated and the chaos. And right, you know, right, right. Because there's no accountability. And as men, you know, we're raised in a culture where that type of behavior is almost encouraged mm -hmm. and rewarded. And sometimes we find validation as men in that behavior, but it's the same behavior that suffocates us and kills us. Because if I had no discipline in sex before marriage, I will have no discipline in sex after marriage. And we wonder why most marriages end and why, you know, infidelity is so high. Yeah. Is because it's not like you get married and say, I do, okay, everything I practice is out the window. Yeah. No, what you have practiced what habits you have, they're still there. Yes. So if I have no discipline sexually, I might be with my wife, but wait a minute, you know, I still have these ideas and these thoughts and these urges that I have not put myself in a process. That is to so manage. profound because don't you think, and I know so many women over the years having interviewed, they think that the words I do is a magic spell. Is a magic spell. <laughs> Whatever you were, if we get married on Thursday, what you were Tuesday, mm. Wednesday, and yeah, last week yeah. is over because you said I do. Right. And it doesn't happen that way. No. 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 No, it doesn't. I think it does start with your dating life beforehand, you know? Everything that you want to see be a reflection in your marriage, you have to start practicing it. And it's going to be trial and error, and you're going to make mistakes, but that's how you prepare yourself. So I want to know how the wait, how delaying the gratification of having sex before you were married also 
strengthened other areas mm -hmm. of your life mm -hmm. and you know allowed you to be more disciplined in other yeah. ways that you didn't even expect it how did that yeah. show up for you well i was very much a kid who grew up in the business who you know i grew up i knew my job what my work was but outside of that i had no discipline as anything else beyond work mm -hmm. and so when i started practicing the weight it was for me, transformational because I began to have a different type of discipline. I began to be very intentional about what I wanted. Yeah. I began to be very specific. In the past, I had a lot of luck yeah. and I had gotten by very well. Yeah. But it, at this time, it was like, all right, I'm getting to a different point in my life. What do I really want? Yeah, and you write here that it wasn't just a spiritual practice that right. brought about discipline for you, but it also brought about a sense of clarity. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's like I could breathe in a different way that I hadn't before. My mind was totally different. Really? Um, it was just open and clear and specific and, again, intentional. And as a result, my career changed. I went from always kind of playing the sexy girl and the love interest and not really getting uh, a lot of roles that had a lot of meat to them like I did when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And it helped me transition out of that into being the lead on a TV show on NBC and mm -hmm. being the you know, second black woman in 30 years who had done that. And then getting another lead and then uh, transitioning into more comedy. Because it changed the way you were perceived. Oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. And for you, how would you answer that question, Devon? Um, I would answer it, you know, as a man who's super ambitious and wants to conquer the world. Uh, when I began to practice the weight, that perspective shift helped me manage everything in the office totally different. Because when you're in a hurry and you want it right now, yeah. you know, you go in, you know, there, there were days that I would go in the office and I'm tense. I'm like, ugh, you know, I'm not getting promoted and the movies aren't happening yeah. and nobody knows who I am and I'm not making an impact in all these things. And God would say, just calm down. You're on the escalator to where you're supposed to be. So you just gotta go in every day and relax. And because I was practicing that privately, you know, it really helped me be able to apply it professionally. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc., PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us, without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. I think it's interesting, too, that you write that casual sex is a gateway drug to other desires for quick pleasure. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely it is. Mm -hmm. 
without, without question, without question. And yet, when you all came out with this book, there actually were critics, people saying, you know, wait, waiting is not a proven, you mm -hmm. know, device for a successful marriage. What do you want to say to that? I was like, now there's somebody criticizing waiting? Always critics. Always critics. Always, Always yeah. critics. Yeah, what did you all think? Were you surprised to hear the criticism? I mean, it's interesting because it, it, one of the things, too, is it's like a lot of people look at it as if we're trying to be goody two-shoes or if we're or trying that to, you're anti-sex. Or that we're anti-sex oh, yeah. or that we're like, we're you know, not. thinking we're better. No, it's not that. It's just at the end of the day, I lived on the other side. He lived on the other side. We made a choice to just do something different, mm -hmm. and that difference transformed our lives in, in an incredible way and, and brought us together and has been the pillar in our marriage that has been one of the most amazing, incredible mm. experiences in relationship. But what about, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who are listening to us now, one or other of the partner, usually the woman, might be able to say, I can wait, but if I don't at some point, mm. I'm going to lose him. So your waiting doesn't work unless the right. other person's waiting too. That was right? a big issue for me because if he does leave me because I'm not worth him waiting in his eyes, then he's not my husband. If someone is not, does not think that I am worthy of wanting to be the best version of myself and wanting to get healing and wanting to set myself up for success. If they won't do that with me, then I don't want to spend the rest of my life with them. And I certainly don't want to spend three or four years wasting my life with them. Amen to that. Amen. I think you all will talk about something I think is really important. You call it authentic love, and you say that's what both of you most wanted, was authentic love. What yeah. does that mean for you? Acceptance. Mm. The biggest thing for me was somebody loving me for me yeah. without having to change me. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. We were one of two black families. So I always had kind of underlining issues with acceptance. And I just wanted someone to say what I already know, which mm -hmm. is that you're enough, mm. just the way that you that are. That you're enough. And, and the only people that have ever said that really has been my mom and my sister, but we're blood. I needed someone else that if they were coming into my life and gonna be a part of my life for the rest of my life to love me just this way. And so I think a lot of that healing has come in marriage, for sure. And he's absolutely been incredibly nurturing um, in helping remind me of, you know, when, when someone says something bad about him, he doesn't roll it off his back. I used to cry about it for like a week and my feelings would be so hurt. And the healing that he's brought in even that area alone has been, it just reminds me of who God is. Because even if someone else told me that, I couldn't receive it the way that I receive it because of the respect that I have for him. Yeah, and what I got too from the weight is that, you know, there was a perception of you at one time that you were the party girl, oh, yeah. you were the fun girl. And I think it was on the second date or so, y'all went to see yeah. Prince, yeah. Uh, that yeah. second yeah, date, that you felt he saw you yeah. and not whatever the picture of yeah. you or the image of you yeah. look like. Is, isn't that true? Yeah, it was yeah. the second date. And we were talking outside and he just started to say, you know, yeah, I've seen whatever tabloids here, whatever you read on the internet. He was like, but this is what I see. And I see this and I see this and I see what this. What did you say, what did you see? You know, I just saw the truth. And I saw her true heart. I saw her love. I saw her consideration. I saw her preparation. I saw her dedication. You know, I saw her honesty. And I was literally, you know, in, a, in that moment, just talking to her about what God had revealed to me. Uh, and the quality of character and the quality of person and the person that, that 
I thought she was. And so when even though I was saying it, I was like, okay, I hope she don't think I'm crazy here. <laughs> but gratefully, <laughs> when did it really you resonated. Know, when did you know or feel? She had the vision about yeah. you. God, God literally spoke your name to her. You didn't know that. When did you know in your heart that she was the one? Uh, the third date. But it was on that third date. Because I, one What of my, happened on the third my, date, date I said I would never date an actress. That was like on my list of like, Things do not do. Because I was in Hollywood, you know, I was like, I don't date actresses, period. And so here God was bringing me an actress. I said, Lord, you have a funny sense of humor. And so on the third date, you know, we went to the movies and afterwards we hugged and then we just kissed. And in that moment, I was like, oh, wow, this is happening. It's happening. Like, it was great. That was that, was like, rum, uh, that, was that kiss that was like, oh, yes, yeah, yes, the Holy Spirit. It was like we could feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and we both were standing there. We were like, our eyes were closed. We were like, do you feel that? It and was powerful. Like, yes. yeah. We literally, it was almost like our bodies were swaying. Like, I don't know how to, how to really fully, fully explain it, but it's, you could, it's almost like something you feel when you go into a church and you're like, ooh, the Spirit isn't here. And it was just a kiss. It was just, just a kiss. Well, Lord only knows what happened when y'all first. Uh, <laughs> that is the ne most next natural question. You waited, you waited. You had the an angels singing. The yeah, the angels were singing from the first kiss outside oh, the car. Man. Was the wait worth, worth it? it? Was the wait worth it? Yes. The wait was, was it worth it, baby? It. Yes, baby, it was worth it. <laughs> You're Would you like to give any kind of? Was it special? Special? Did it you special. did you have rose petals leading to the bed and that whole thing? No, no, no. I mean, it was like you know, it, you, the best part that I liked about it was, I mean, obviously besides the obvious part, um, what did you like was about that, it? Was that was that we felt like teenagers, we felt like two kids losing oh, their virginity, and discovering each other, and there was something so special about innocent being being able to relive with the person that you're married, that, that innocence of rediscovering another person for the first time on your wedding night. It just was really, really special. Wow. Yeah. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I knew that's Thank really you. amazing. And so the purpose in now, sharing that, this is a really intimate part of your life, a special and profound part of your life. Yeah. The intention behind this is what? You want people to know what? Um, to be, have hope. Yeah. yeah. You know, to have hope and, and, and this issue of love and finding love. And it's just it's it's the thing that is so painful mm -hmm. and so yeah. difficult. And so we wanted to write the book and to share our hearts and share our lives to give people hope. And I also think the choices you make in love can really alter the course of your entire Absolutely. life. Absolutely. It's really just about wanting to encourage people, whether you've been through heartbreak, whatever you've been through, that there is another option, something else you could try that will probably give you more clarity and discernment and preserve your integrity. So at the time, whatever choice you make with that person, you don't walk away feeling like you lost something and didn't gain anything, regardless of how it turns out. Oh, I think the words preserve your integrity Amen. are so valuable because so many people walk out of relationships where they lost a piece of themselves yeah. there. You had to give up yeah. who you were in order to, to be with that person. Right. And you feel worse about yourself. Yeah. yeah. And it's so important, and that's why one of the reasons we wrote the book, is for people to be empowered yeah. about taking ownership, accountability, and authority for the decisions that they want to make so they can become the people they want to be. And also, if a person doesn't want to be with you, it's a process of, of elimination. That's right. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't value you, you get to that bottom line a lot quicker. And it may seem like you're going through people if you're like, well, they won't wait. But that's okay because that person 
doesn't value you and doesn't understand that you are the prize. And if they can't understand that, good, thank you very much. What's next? You're getting that much closer to where you're supposed to be. What the weight did for us is it showed us we both were going in the same place and we both wanted to get there together. And that in dating and being on the same page and having the same point of view and the same commitment, it just brings you so much peace and brought mm -hmm. us so much happiness because we didn't have to argue about those things. And we both were like committed and it just created a calm, a clarity and a connection that has laid the foundation for what we're doing now and who we are now. Fill this in. I feel the presence of God when? I feel the presence of God every morning when I wake up, before I start the day. You know, I do have my affirmations and, and just feel like, okay, Lord, I'm with you. I hear you. Let's go. I experience love when? Mm, when he smiles. <laughs> when I'm holding her hand, when I look in her eyes. <laughs> I'm feeling it myself. That's... <laughs> I think I experienced it too. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, it's thick in here, y'all. It's thick. It's thick. It's thick. <laughs> okay. The biggest choice I had to make to fulfill my destiny is. I'm so sorry, want to cry. To choose me. Mm. Big. That's Huge. the biggest. The biggest. Huge. And you, sir? Mine is probably not as emotional. <laughs> yeah. um, to quit. To quit my job mm. was one of the biggest. You okay, baby? Yeah, baby. You sure? Yes. I don't have any team to Kleenex, but you can you can get my you get my sleeve. <laughs> you okay, you baby? Okay. Yeah, I'm just. We're okay. We're okay. I'm, I'm emotional. He's wiping her tears. So would you just <laughs> let that let him wipe? Yes. Um, yeah, to quit my job. I got to a point where I had done as much as I could do at the job, and I felt like God is saying it's over. This is it. And in order for you to get to the next chapter of your life and to the next level, you have to quit. And stepping out two years ago. Uh, has been the best decision I've made because it has opened up all the other things God wanted to bring me, mm -hmm. which far exceed just f producing film. Wow. Yeah. You have preached this morning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Reverend Devon. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Bishop Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was good. That was good, y'all. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
of a detour.